You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Well, in case you missed last week's show, um, in some areas, there was a little bit of a hornet's nest it was. stirred up uh, that really took place in the academy. It did. With some great conversation that has happened uh, from our quick little foray into the two questions on masturbation. Right. We appreciate people speaking up and, and sharing their point of view on it. Absolutely. That's that's part of the whole thing that we believe here at Sexy Marriage Radio, which welcome, by the way, mm-hmm. to all of you in the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation. But we believe that uh, we want to hear from all sides. Yeah. And we take stands and we take it from our experience um, personally and then for me professionally. I'm alongside my wife, Pam, that uh, we try to steer the ship to start the conversations for you and your own relationship so that they can be uh, beneficial as far as where you want to take it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was so much fun about watching this whole thing unfold uh, in the Academy this week is just that all sides were represented, um, that there was some speaking up straightforward. Yeah. And then there was some, but hold on, what about this? And if you're not even sure and you're like curious, join the Academy, smrnation.com forward slash Academy is where you can find that information and it's worth it. It is to find it out is. more. Uh, if you don't want, if you're not planning to do that, but you still have more that you'd like to hear on the topic or any other topic, 214 702 9565 is how you can let us know or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Thanks to Scentbird for supporting Sexy Marriage Radio. And with an exclusive offer just for our listeners, you can get 50% off your first month today. That's only $7.50 for your first fragrance. Go to scentbird.com slash SMR and use my code SMR for 50% off your first month. So coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, uh, several of your questions and our answers. We've got a backlog in our queue. <laughs> of, yeah, yeah, we got a lot of, uh, of great um, folks calling in, so we're looking forward to it. And on the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is deeper, twice as long, plus there's no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com. We're going to carry forward in a deeper fashion the, one of the conversations that we're going to begin in the free version, and we're going to go a completely deeper route in the extended version on the whole concept of accountability and boundaries. And how that plays out in marriage. All right. So should you be accountable to one another? Stay tuned. All that's coming up on today's show. All right. Hi, Corey. My wife and I love the show. We're so grateful for it. It's really helped us with conversation and our intimacy. Um, A question for you. My wife and I have been married for almost 20 years, but there are still a few things that I consider kind of basic things that she's not open to in the bedroom, like. I feel like we're limited to basically two sexual positions during intercourse because she fears that she'll have pain if she opens up her legs too much. She's also not open to anything entering her vagina, whether it be a finger or a vibrator, a dildo, etc. Uh, some some of that stems from sexual abuse as a child, but it was over half her life ago, and I don't know. I feel like I should have earned uh, trust by now. We do have oral sex often, and I do love that. I feel like we're so limited in other ways, though, in the bedroom. 
So please let me know if there's uh, anything that I can do to better love my wife, make her maybe feel more comfortable. And also, if I'm way off here, let me know. Um, but anyway, thank you guys for what you do. I look forward to your answer. Thanks, man. So I don't think you're way off, but I do think that um, there needs to be a little bit of a perceptive shift. Uh, because of the abuse? Right. The what, what jumps out to me is the what happened to her as a child was over a half a lifetime ago. Mm-hmm. They're coming up on 20 years together as a couple. He feels like he should have earned some trust in this arena. Mm-hmm. That's the wrong question to me, though, because in some regards, this has nothing to do with him. It's about something that happened well before it's she ever knew him. Buried deep in. Yeah. <laughs> and so... It sounds like, you know, she's at least sexual, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, she's exploring other areas, which is great, because mm-hmm. oral sex is a, a a lot of abuse that mm-hmm. happens in children. Oral is a part of it. Mm-hmm. And so that is one of those things that can really make it unsavory for the rest of your life. So it's at least there's some healing and some things that have been overcome. Mm-hmm. But I, I think of this in terms of what can you do to earn trust? Uh, you've got it, one. Right. If she's allowing... She's sexual with she's you. she's sexual with you, right? then and, she trusts you. Yeah. And so to the husband that called in, um, this is about taking time, being slow, being deliberate, letting her set the, ga- the, the progress, um, not necessarily having to completely back away from pushing, but most of the time, the push or the encouragement probably has to be more verbal in the moment, more eye contact, more uh, gentle mm-hmm. on, hey, let's try this, because she's got some deep-seated, if, if she's afraid of certain positions because she's afraid of the possibility of pain, that's some deep-seated scripts that need to then be ex- fleshed out. Sure, and I'm sure after 20 years, he he believes that he is going slow. Absolutely, probably so. Um, but, you know, they're... Obviously, additional work and healing to still be done. I mean, things don't. Yep. Those and kind of wounds aren't are definitely a slow, sometimes lifetime process. Right. It, because what happens is that we 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 heal in cyclical natures, in a sense, where we we get to a level of healing, and then we can have something else trigger, it and we got to go to another level of healing. And there's a little bit of a re- cycle that goes through this whole thing okay. with with trauma, for sure. But the interesting thing about this, and this is where I want to commend you guys both as a couple, um, this is about recovering well together. Mm-hmm. It's about creating a scenario to where if she's willing to venture into this, and I don't know if she's a listener or not, but if she is or you want to pass this along to her, a lot of times my professional belief and experience is a lot of our healing comes through the very way we were tra- tra- we had the trauma. Yeah, I mm-hmm. couldn't get that word out. That as weird as that sounds, going back through it in a healthier, safer environment is the way you rewire the brain. Hmm. And so being able to venture into that slowly with someone that you do trust and have a history with, with some good signals you can give each other of, hey, I want to try this different position. You experience any little bit of pain, I'll back off. We'll, we'll shift. We'll adjust. We'll reconnect, you know, to where we have to redefine what's success because success isn't necessarily, wow, look at all the erotic stuff we were able to do tonight. 
Sure. Success was, hey, we ventured into an area that we've never gone, even though we were only there for five seconds and that ended the entire sexual encounter. Yay us. Yeah. Just the thought that you may have actually come to that together. Yep. Because this is the whole concept another of, connection. of married sex is a long game. And so this is about creating a long-term win and a long-term connection that allows the strength of each other to come forward to know I'm in an environment where a person can be is in my corner and has my back, has my best interest in mind, and is for me. Mm-hmm. And so this is a collaborative alliance that you can both create. Mm-hmm. And kudos to the way, as far as you've come, and blessings on all that is to come. Yeah. We love to help the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation be an even sexier group of people. And what's better for sexy people than offering them a way to smell good and sexy as well? Scentbird offers you a way to smell great and even mix up your fragrant routine with the, without breaking the bank. Scentbird is a luxury fragrance subscription service for perfumes and colognes. And the best part? You don't buy entire bottles, thus leaving behind a shelf full of half-used bottles. You choose the perfume brands you want to try. They send you a 30-day supply and convenient sizes to cover your month. Then change it up if you want to get ready for whatever the next season is. Pam and I have loved the convenience and the variety of Scentbird. We find the scent that we like, and they keep us stocked. And if we want to try something new, it shows up at our door in a one-month supply. And with an exclusive offer just for our listeners, you get 50% off your first month today. That's only $7.50 for your first fragrance. Go to scentbird.com forward slash SMR. Use our code SMR for 50% off your first month. Again, that's scentbird.com forward slash SMR to try your first perfume or cologne for just $7.50. Sign on. Smell amazing. Hi there. Um, my husband has a much higher sex drive than myself. Um, most days, mine just feels non-existent. Um, I think that my husband overcompensates in an effort to get things going between us. For example, always making comments about how good I look, um, playfully slapping my butt, things like that. Um, however, this makes me feel even more pressure to have sex and makes me desire it even less. I know not to wear certain clothes because he thinks I look sexy in them. Um, if I don't take off my makeup or I put on my PJs in the evening, he'll think that's a signal that we're going to have sex. Um, it's even to the point of me not wanting to even kiss him very deeply or passionately because if I act like I enjoy that, he will always try to take things further. And then if we finally are having sex, um, the kind of sex that is actually good because we both want it for once, my husband takes the opportunity to get even further and ask for things that are out of my comfort zone. This completely ruins it for me, um, and basically I feel like we're just sabotaging each other, and I have no idea where to start to improve things. Um, we've talked this through, but I don't feel like it's really helping much. Thanks so much for your thoughts and uh, any help that you can give me. Welcome to the world of gridlock. Yeah, total gridlock. Well, but for her, for her to come out and say these things, to, to be totally blunt and honest of, mm-hmm. dude, I, I just try to not even dress sexy because that's just going to make him want to come after me and I don't want it. Sometimes just even saying those things out loud. Yeah. Uh, that's a big move. Sure. That can be hard. So kudos for speaking up. It sounds like the two of them have been speaking up about it. So <laughs> there. That's why I jump on gridlock right off the bat because talking about it doesn't help. That's gridlock. Right. right. 
that right. more communication doesn't solve a gridlock issue. Uh-uh. And so what I'm hearing from the, the woman that's calling is she tries to do everything in her power to say no without having to say no. That's a very good point. Right? I mean, that's right. what she's trying to do. I'm, try- I'm not trying to send any kind of hint, in- initiation, signal, something. And I'm assuming there's probably times where she does. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to assume that. I don't know if that's true or not, but based on what she's talking about, she's trying to play her side of this without having to say no. Hmm. And so I'm going to say straight out, you need to get comfortable with saying no. Okay. Verbally. Yeah. To know that that is your role in a sense of how you want to conduct your life in your marriage. That it's your job to handle you. I mean, you and I have had this conversation just a little bit behind the curtains before mm-hmm. for our audience. Um, to where one of the things that has helped us in our journey of over 26 years now is each of us playing our role a little bit better and being able to say, look, babe, if there's something going on that you're not interested in, you got to let me know that and vice versa. Right. Right. It's got to be very, very clear. Right. And it's not like it's ever easy. No. But it makes a much uh, cleaner connection to say, uh, to know that your spouse is going to speak up and say, Yes or no, either way, they're going to be straightforward with you. Right. And there's no, nothing passive aggressive about it. It's here's how it is. Right. Cut and dry. Right. Because that makes it to where she's under the belief that if she doesn't dress sexy or have an, a, a passionate kiss or put on pajamas or all the different things that could be signals of I'm interested in sex, that therefore he's not interested in sex. And right. I'm going to believe He's interested in sex. Doesn't matter what sh- what state of cloth clothing or year. Yeah, he's gonna it, want it anyway. It is. He's interested. Yeah. And so he sounds like a lot of husbands that I've come across and that are in the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation that they're just kind of default on looking for which is fine. In- interested, absolutely. Yeah. And so there's something about being able to. Be clear about how you conduct yourself. Yes, I agree mm-hmm. with that. On like, I'm not going to send you signals that, that at least she's aware of that. But it seems like she's trying to skirt, how do I just not have to say no? And you and I have had this conversation too about, I don't like the idea because I feel guilty of having to say no later. Am I sure. right? Yeah, no, That I think that's exactly right. I think there's a lot of people out there that are the lower, lower desire and, and, and guilt is a factor there. They feel like they're just letting their spouse down all the time. Mm-hmm. But whether you're sending a signal or you're saying no or you're trying to avoid and temper all the signals, you can't avoid having to confront yourself in that kind of a guilt if it's really there. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the best thing you can do is be confident in your no. And then shift the conversation between the two of you about this is one of the things I want you to be able to handle my nose better. Yeah, at least then it's a clear conversation and you're not going to bed with this. I wonder if they're still going to make a move on me. Right. Uh, and and you're, you might be going to bed even mad. I think that lots of times when that's happening, it's 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 feeling like I've got all these other things that I've got to do to keep him from making a move. Right. And and then you just end up getting yourself <laughs> upset you, you, and 
and yeah, there's really no need. You and just, you lose the simmering and erotic tension yeah. that can be there that can really harness to good things. Mm-hmm. So the other secondary thing within this that I heard is when she is interested in sex and, she, and it's going well, he tries to push it beyond what she's comfortable with. Mm-hmm. That can be, that's in the, the same kind of thought process of you still got to be able to say no and realize if me saying no ruins it, so be it. That's what I've got to confront. I can't have both, mm-hmm. right? I can't be, because a lot of this is the two choice dilemma of I want to be able to say no to my spouse on something they want to do and I don't want to, and I want them to be okay with it and honor it and be in a good mood. And no, you don't get to make that decision. They so can choose their own mood. It's being able to say no, try to reestablish the connection that was there prior to it. And then also having a conversation, this is where I would try to shift the gridlock conversation with him, with husband, is every every time we do really get into it and it doesn't seem to be enough for you, what's that about? What is Mm -hmm. it that's all of a sudden now you just feel like a kid in a candy store and you're going for everything on the top shelf rather than, this is good candy for both of us. Why can't we just enjoy what we have right now and over time, again, like we had with the first caller, mm-hmm. the long game, you handle my no well. Oftentimes, the experience I've had with the clients in my in my office, mm-hmm. when you can handle the no well, you hear it less. Right. I totally agree with you. Right. And so this is, this is the whole world of gridlock. And so you can't communicate your way through gridlock. You have to act your way through it. Yeah. Right. You have to. It's about personal development boot camp if you will. It's about confronting yourself, not your spouse. And so when you can start to do that, you move it forward into the next level of whatever the gridlock is before you finally start to break free of it because you're really handling yourself more than you are your spouse. Mm -hmm. Hello, Dr. Allen. On episode 414, you mentioned that a spouse should never be an accountability partner. Why is that? Can we or can we not desire holding our spouse accountable for some things? I think there are some topics that are acceptable, perhaps when raising a family together. Again, thank you for all that you do. You are making a difference in marriages. Oh, the whole can my spouse be my accountability partner conversation. Okay, well, <laughs> fill us in on what you're thinking here, doctor. Because this is one of the things that I, the, the, the foundation of this thought of your spouse is not your accountability partner stems squarely on the shoulders of counsel I've heard given in a lot of different arenas, pastoral and professional mm-hmm. and otherwise, okay. of about men and then lesser extent women. This is just from firsthand knowledge of working with clients and hearing mm-hmm. this. Um, having their spouse that they when they're trying to deal with their pornography struggle, they make their spouse their accountability partner. To check in on them. How, okay. how am I doing? And that's a power dynamic that does not help marriage. It just doesn't. Okay. Because it makes you beholden in a sense. And it makes someone else have this power over now in the back of their mind that's already there of, are you still involved in said behaviors or not? But now it makes it on their shoulders to have to ask you to handle your own life. So are we saying this is specifically then just supposed to be about pornography well, or that's where that's where we money or that's where we've landed this the whole time. Um, but I think it also applies in other areas too, where I don't think your spouse ha- ha- should be an accountability partner 
on how you conduct yourself from character and integrity issues. What he's asking on can we do things on raising a family or how we parent stuff, that's value driven to me. Gotcha. That's not accountability. Gotcha. That's a that's an alliance on values. That's an alliance on uh, intent, on goals, on framework, plans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's an alliance. That's not an accountability. Gotcha. And this is a semantic conversation we're having, but we'll explore it further in the uh, extended version. Yeah. But the short answer is it creates the power dynamic in marriage that when you steer that kind of, when you use that power for accountability, to me, the biggest thing that's torpedoed is eroticism and desire. Mm. Because if I don't have a separateness of me handling me and it's all about my own integrity and character, what do I have to draw you in? I, yeah, I totally see that. Right. What do I have that, that shows me being a man of my word or you being a woman of your word? Yeah, because a big eroticism killer for um, is if I don't trust him, if they're not, if they're at a point where they're not following through on on this right area of life, that can be a real right break. I guess right. to go back to our accelerators and brakes, right? Yeah. That's a real break, and and I don't want to be in essence. No one wants to be the mother or the father to their spouse. And the other factor, they're doing something. The other factor that that makes it to our accountability uh, in in a married marital spousal arrangement is is difficult. Is the difference in genders? There's just some things about the way we're wired that if I'm wanting to have some accountability in something in my area, I need a hairy leg dude because that's who I am, and they know the game and the script and the way we all obfuscate and avoid (laughs) cover and you know there's just something about that spouses know it too because you live in close proximity but there's something about having the my own kind that's going to hold me accountable on things that adds a completely better path so you think the spouse has no role at all in the in the conversation? No, I don't. Or I think they're. I think they are a contributor. They're a partner in this. They're just not the one that I'm going to give the power to. Of hey, I want to be accountable for this, and I want you to help me make that happen. There could be some things that we're I'm missing because maybe there are some. As I'm thinking as we're talking through this, maybe there are some more positive forward momentum things of hey, we're going to create this goal of we want to retire by X, and we want to hold each other accountable to make that happen. Yeah, I mean that's, that's okay. I can see that. Yeah, that's I but that's totally almost more goal oriented, dream life plan, not necessarily accountability. And it is, but it isn't. So. So 214-702-9565 if you've got more, because I'm sure we're not thinking of everything. Right. But I just think that the power dynamic needs to be outside of the marriage so that I can use the power within the marriage as it's intended. Yeah. I guess I'm just wondering if it's more topic by topic. I think there could be so many topics we could break that down. Maybe so. Let us know. Call us in or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. Hi. I was just listening to the episode you had about um, accelerators and breaks and how sometimes you can be playful about it and make it part of the banter and 
and turn a brake into an accelerator. And um, my husband and I do this. If um, we, we saw this episode of the Brady Bunch, of all things, where Carol says to Mike, time to put your book away, Mr. Brady. And so, <laughs> so we've used that. If one of us has our phone out or is reading or something, and, you know, it, it's just kind of one of those breaks. And then we'll say that kind of in a flirty way, and it is like a, a well, yeah, I guess it's a little bit of an accelerator because then it, it sets the tone that, okay, let's transition this into something we both can enjoy. And um, I just wanted to share that. Thanks so much for all that you do. I really appreciate your ministry. Hi, Corey and Pam. I'm so glad your caller mentioned women and masturbation last week. I'd like to speak to that. My husband and I have been married for 21 years, and our sex life has gotten dramatically better for me and, of course, for him in the last three to four years, especially in the last few months as I've become very comfortable with masturbation. I've wanted to talk really about my experience for a while now. I used to believe that masturbation is just something men do. It's just a guy thing. It's just what they do as part of life. But it's not what a good Christian woman and Christian wife would do. How could I possibly feel comfortable touching myself in front of him? Even though I masturbate occasionally on my own and always have an orgasm when I do. I knew it was a reliable way for me to have an orgasm, but I was too timid and embarrassed to do it as part of our intimate time together. I was also embarrassed to even talk with my husband about it. I also thought, you know, if men are so okay with masturbating, why not me? Listening to your show for a while now and learning how to talk to my husband better about sex and reading the book Becoming Cliterate, I realized that I was totally normal for not being able to orgasm with penetration alone. I realized I was normal and definitely not alone, which was very reassuring. I finally got the courage to tell my husband that I wanted to try touching myself when we're together but that I was very shy and embarrassed to do it. His reply was, well, you shouldn't be, meaning you should just feel free to do it. So gradually I started pleasuring myself after a period of time of being intimate together and getting to the point that I feel I'm ready to get to the finish line. And as most of us know, the clitoris is a small bit of pleasure real estate compared to a penis. So every millimeter matters for a woman. Yes, my husband definitely touches me there with his hand, and there have been many times that I've had an orgasm that way. But over the course of 21 years of marriage, there have been so many times that I've just been waiting for him to get the right spot, even with my coaching and moving his hand, because that perfect millimeter may change in just a second. So I have basically decided to take more responsibility for my own orgasm and pleasuring myself after we've been having our fun for a while. When I'm ready, I just go for it myself and now reliably orgasm about 100% of the time. And my husband is loving it too. This has been such a great journey for me and my husband, and I wish I had time to say a lot more about it. I hope I can encourage other women to think outside the box of unnecessary taboos about women and masturbation. I also hope we can normalize the conversation around masturbation for both men and women. Thanks, Corey and Pam, for all you do. Bye. And we're going to leave it at that.
That was a great call. <laughs> I love when members of the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation I call love- in to help out other members of the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation. I, that that was some of the best f- feedback. Okay, ladies, there's a there's a how to. There's a kind of, she just laid out a roadmap. Yep, she did, and I love that. It's like and almost one hundred percent of the time, I took I could take care of this, and we can make it happen for both of us. It'd be greatness. Good. Great call. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. If you want to jump in and give your feedback, 214-702-9565. So wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. See you next time. <laughs>